If you like the podcast, remember to check us out on YouTube, where you get to see comedy commentary and a whole lot more. That's the YouTube channel, Balderdash Academy. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy tonight. We have comic producer, podcaster, Nick Gordon, and we find out what piece of New England washed up on a Norwegian shore. Cool. But first... Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy, good for your health like a yearly colonoscopy, bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass, if you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff, Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics, see her after class for some home brew tonics, sex with me is like Nate Green, cause finishing on top is his normal routine, Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus cause he didn't go to college, Molly McGill spits words like an Uzi, she wins every game but can't name a single movie, they Calling Brady Hunt, the theater guru. He'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Rose Dubois, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Bob LeBlanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back, cause he's technically correct. Yes. Let's go. Ball the Dash Academy, baby. Alright, sit down. Class is starting. Professor Randy Hunt won his first game last wow. month. Nice. So, Steve, you've been away for a while. This is a, your perfect opportunity to yeah. get on the board. What <laughs> tactic do you have to secure a win this uh, season? My tactic? That's a good question. I think uh, so far <laughs> I've tried every episode and and failed the majority of the time. I think I've only got two wins across um, two seasons. So I'm going to not yeah. try it all tonight. I'm not going to try to be funny or interesting or clever. None of it. I'm, I'm just going to see if that sticks. Typical Tuesday. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Typical. T- <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our visiting professor tonight is comic producer, podcaster, Nick Gordon. Nick oh. has performed throughout New England. Nick, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Yay. Thank you for having me. Now. Nick's had quite a career. He had the good fortune for opening for legendary Letterman warm-up comic, Eddie Brill. He's also the co-founder of the River Comics comedy production team, along with our inaugural visiting professor, Leonard Kimball. Now, we will be going to Nick shortly, but before we do, he has agreed to be the visiting professor tonight while our faculty competes for the coveted reigning champion banner. So... We will try to compete for Nick, and at the end of each round, he will award points to the competitor that he feels is most worthy. He's not looking for the correct answer. He will likely not get the correct answer, so that's all for the best. What he's looking for is the best answer. The answer he likes best, he will award points to the person who really tickled his funny bone. The uh, points are arbitrary. And can be awarded to anyone for any reason. At the end of the night, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion because that's how math works. So, our first game today, Nick, is something that we call Give Me the Details. So with Give Me the Details, I'm going to reveal a news story 
that our faculty are each experts on. And what they're going to do is they're going to fill us in with a little known extra information about that news story. Uh, when they're done, just award the points to whoever one you like best. And when I say award points, that can be in any direction. You can award any amount, positive or negative, so keep that in mind. All right. So, our Give Me the Details story is uh, something from NPR. So according to NPR, a sixth grader found a little piece of New Hampshire washed up on the beach in Norway. That's Norway, Europe, not the beaches of Norway, Maine, <laughs> which would be tough. <laughs> Given the fact that it's nowhere near the ocean, there's a lake. so <laughs> it's like the you know the hidden naval base in in Norway, Maine. It's a perfect spot for it. No one would look for it, right? Yeah. So, with the story of what washed up in Norway, is our first uh, expert, of course, Molly McGill. Molly, tell us about what from New Hampshire washed up on a beach in Norway. Um, it was quite unexpected. This little boy was walking down the beach and uh, he just turned his head and happened to notice something red and, and, and blackish, very similar to Carla Rose's shirt, actually. It was a small scrap of a flannel shirt, but there was something weird to it. It was like sticky and he couldn't figure out what it was. And once he opened it up, he realized it was preserved maple syrup right inside this beautiful flannel shirt and smelled it and he just was brought to New Hampshire. All right, a flannel shirt on the beach. Kids, word of advice from your headmaster, Bob. Do not pick up sticky cloth on the beach and then take a hefty sniff of it. No. It's just a health Can't warning. Recommend. No. All right, Nate, what washed up in Norway? Yeah, absolutely. So it came from New Hampshire. I, I yes. think it's still nice. on the New Hampshire license plate. Uh, the the profile of the old man on the uh, of the mountain, you know, it's that... That uh, that face that that just went away. Like they they just say it just disappeared, like, disappeared, like eroded. It just fell off, landslide, all that stuff. What actually happened is um, a guy that a huge fan of the movie Face Off uh, went to the old man on the mountain, and he went to Mount Rushmore. That was his plan, at least. He didn't get as far as Mount Rushmore. He just got to the old man on the mountain, took the face off, and then he was worried, like, that the cops were after him. So he ditched it in the ocean, and it just floated across the ocean and showed up in Norway. Um, so that's why Mount Rushmore now has extra security there. Mm. That that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like the old man had a little work done. Carla Rose, what do you have? Well, little known fact, I have... Norwegian ancestry actually this kid happens to be like a cousin of a cousin of a cousin little uh little Hans Jornelberg and you know he was strolling on the beach and he was looking um, for seashells and he came across you remember the Montauk monster back in the whatever the 80s well this was like mm -hmm. a, a creature that washed up that was from the lakes of somehow it, it escaped into the Atlantic and it washed up. But thankfully it wasn't dead. Um, so they put it on the airplane. It looked kind of like a little Nessie. And they put it on the airplane. It was the Mount Washington 
monster. And so they, they sent it on the airplane first class. It was really happy to be back home. And it was, and little, um, little Hans was just so proud. And he's going to come and visit the monster. And, That's uh, great. It's a wonderful story. So. All right. So Washi, the Mount Washington monster. Steve, what do you have? Okay. Well, nobody's going to be surprised my answer is about amusement parks, but there is a small amusement <laughs> park in Salem, New Hampshire called Canopy Lake Park, and they opened a ride called the Star Blaster in the year 2000, which was their 200th anniversary. At the very top of this uh, 80-foot structure was this crazy laser that would just blast lasers in all directions, and it was really cool, and apparently you could see lasers all the way to Boston uh, from Salem. Um, so I'm one year the park reopened and the laser wasn't on top of the ride anymore and everyone had a lot of theories about what happened to this laser. <laughs> and what I assume happened was uh, locals of Salem, New Hampshire got so annoyed by being blasted through the window by lasers constantly that they went in the night and, and removed it and threw it in the ocean and it washed up in Norway. Alright. Okay, so what from New Hampshire what from New Hampshire? I almost just said what from New Hampshire. Yeah. What from New Hampshire? <laughs> I'm sorry, New Hampshire. What from New Hampshire washed up on the beach of Norway? So we have uh, maple syrup and a flannel shirt from Molly. We have Nate with the profile of the old man on the mountain, face-off style. We have Carla Rose with the Mount Washington monster. And Steve with the laser Missing from Canopy Lake Park. Nick, how would you like to score? Uh, I, I, you know, I think um, since uh, Steve sounds the most likely to be the uh, the actual thing that uh, washed up, in my opinion, and also since he has to broadcast from his uh, childhood bedroom at his parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this looks like. I'm going to award him uh, 100 points. Let's go. And, yeah, and, and, and get the game rolling with uh, Steve in the lead. Not All right. not trying, Steve. Yeah. I know. It wasn't yeah. even trying there. <laughs> Congratulations. Apathy works. Fact. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think the answer is? Let us know in the comments and check back after four questions to find out because we're going to blackmail you into watching this whole thing. So, Nick, yeah. thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. So, I mean, we started this whole thing with Leonard, who you co-host a podcast with. He's yeah. with you with the River Comics. Correct. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the River Comics, what you do for them, what your role is, and how it started? Uh, three and a half, four years ago, something like that, we, uh, Leonard and I and a few other folks got together and we said, hey, we need more stage time. Let's uh, let's create stage time on our own. And and uh, we did that. We had an open mic set up. And, and then we said, well, we need a, we need a proper name for what we are. And since we could see the river from our first open mic, we said, why don't we call ourselves the River Comics? And uh, that was the end of that. Um, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> One and done suggestion. That's really sweet. sweet. That's about how far that went. So now that wasn't your only uh, that wasn't your only brush with fame, or at least starting off with fame. I mean, you did. If I'm not mistaken, you met Judd Nelson twice in one day. Yes, when I was uh, when I was a kid, well, a kid, I was 20, 21 years old. I worked at a marina in South Portland, Maine. And uh, one day we're filling up boats with gas and in strolls Judd Nelson and his father in their boat. And I said, my goodness, that's Judd Nelson. They proceeded to hang out for three or four hours on the dock for no reason whatsoever. It was just a very strange experience. That's weird. Son with Judd Nelson, 
And then later that night, my friends and I went out to a bar in downtown Portland and in walks Judd Nelson right up to me and saying, hey, how's it going? I saw you earlier today. And my friends are standing around going like, how the hell do you know Judd Nelson? (laughs) I was an extra in Transformers. I was, yeah. I was like, what is, that was one of the weirdest days of my life. That's right. Breakfast and Supper Club. Yeah, exactly. Now you've done shows all over. Have you done uh, any any shows for any of the local celebrities? Like, have you met Patrick Dempsey at a show or anything within Portland itself? I have not met any other local celebrities. Um, Unfortunately, doing a comedy production with the River Comics here locally and uh, producing my own little comedy think tank podcast, uh, it hasn't led to actual fame and fortune. But we're working on it. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. So what you're saying is yes, but they haven't made it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Growth mindset. Growth mindset. Right. I think you worked with right. this guy Showtime Steve at a, at a show. I, mean, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. <Same. Nice. laughs> he, he got caught in a tennis racket. It was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's this weird guy balancing a ladder on his chin. It's strange, man. All right, so join us when we return for four questions and the answer to Give Me the Details right here on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! Hello, I'm Leonard Kimball. I'm Nick Gordon. We're comedians, and we love talking comedian things. And we figured you wanted to hear that. Together, we host a podcast called Comedy Think Tanked. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. This is Leo Gladstone, host of Dasher Radio Theater on the air. Join the wild crew behind Balderdash Academy with on the air comedy radio theater. The groundbreaking immersive behind the scenes comedy of radio plays that never were. On the air is a unique experience that blends live immersive theater with vintage style comedy radio plays. Enjoy the interaction of the evening, reliving the adventures of the past. Now booking live shows throughout New England and licensing scripts so you can produce our crazy comedy in your own theater. For details, visit our website at balderdashacademy.com. We'll see you on the air. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. In the lead, we have Steve Corning with 100 points, but it's still anyone's game. Before we move on to our next game, I'm going to spin an opening icebreaker question from the Balderdash Randomizer. Now, these questions were written by our intern, Alan, so you can blame him. Uh, The Balderdash Randomizer will generate a question that Nick will try to answer in 30 seconds or less. Our first question. Question number four, what stand-up comics should we be following? Wow. Uh, Let's see here. Casey Crawford from Boston uh, is one of my favorite comedians. Uh, He's worked with us several times. He's up and coming. He's been on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, I think think he's somebody that uh, you should definitely follow for local acts um jay hunter out of detroit he's somebody who comes out here and hangs with us and does shows uh also a very good up-and-coming comedian and then as far as professional people i think we all know 
um, the regular names, but um, uh, uh, you know the uh, uh, not Louis C.K. By the way, we're not following him anymore. Um, regardless of anything, um, fuck, I don't know. Is, oh, can we swear on this? <laughs> Yeah, if we can now. <laughs> you cracked it open. If we can't, then I'm in trouble. I saw that yeah. Nate, Nate Bargetzi's coming to uh, Hampton Beach Casino at the end of August. That's Very something cool. I want to see. So okay, yeah. well, very yeah. cool. Let's make a field trip. I think all good. Be- yeah, I'm up for it. Yeah, a field trip. All right, would, so would fit the theme of this show. Our first game tonight is four questions, and in honor of our visiting professor. And the fact that I love my black and gold. Tonight's four questions will be about hockey. Mm. Hockey. Great. So, whichever one of our faculty members will give the best, not necessarily the correct, but the best answer, Nick will award points. Our first question about hockey. In 1967, a new hockey team featured a live mascot from the Galapagos Islands. What was the mascot and why did it fit the team? Nate, what was the Galapagos Island mascot and what team did it fit? Yes, it was a uh, it was a giant uh, tortoise that they uh, and I, I mean, you know, when they go into their shells, they just look like a hockey puck. So that's why it fit the theme. That's kind of a no brainer. But they wanted to. um bring it into more mainstream culture. So they put uh, they put a red bandana around its head and a couple of sighs on its back. Um, and, uh, you know, some pizza. They put pizza at the end of the ring so it would walk out to it. And it was the... Um, you know where I'm going with that. Finish it for us. No, I'm going to... Cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger? All right, so it was hockey on the half shell is what you're saying. Exactly, All right. yes, yeah. Okay, Carla Rose, what was the mascot and what was the team? Well, as we all know, the Galapagos are a, is the hotbed of evolution. Uh, there were some iguanas there that had <laughs> developed a special um, evolutionary um, adaptation where they... Um, developed uh, boots to protect their feet from ice. So they brought a couple of them uh, to the rink and they made these really cute shirts. I wanna play hockey. It was just, <laughs> uh, these little green guys, they fed them like moss and shit. And um, they were just so happy. Very short lifespans, but hopefully that's an adaptation that will uh, continue. Uh, I could just, they're Canadian iguanas, right? Because they want to tell you a boot something. That's cool. All right, Steve. Uh, so the Galapagos Islands, uh, a lot of interesting creatures, of course, a lot of death as well. And it's one of the most haunted places on earth. And their okay. evolution has created some weird, spooky monsters, such as a banshee. I don't know if you guys knew this. Banshees are real. They exist on the Galapagos Islands. And the, this uh, wealthy investor, was also part owner of a brand new team in Connecticut. He went, captured this banshee, and uh, had her do the halftime shows for the uh, Hartford Whalers. <laughs> okay. All right. Whaling banshees. Molly. <laughs> oh, wow. That was just really entertaining. I forgot to think. Um, yeah. That's the hard part. It, uh, people think that it's like a, a living, it is a living thing, but it's not quite what you 
thing. It's actually just a potted papaya plant. Uh, they thought that they really wanted to embrace the tropical essence of the said Galapagos Islands. And so they brought in Poppy the papaya. And uh, so really easy, have them in its own little uh, hockey puck shaped pot and they easily can slide them on the ice, put some little sunglasses on them and, uh, you know, just a little spritz here and there of a little uh, halftime uh, beer. Happy go lucky. And, and you know how soccer moms bring like sliced oranges. Yeah. Halftime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Papaya. <laughs> All right, 1967 exotic fruit makes sense. So, all right, here goes. What live mascot from the Galapagos Islands was used in a 1967 hockey team? We have Nate with the giant tortoise with hockey on the half shell. We have Carla Rose with iguana with ice boots. We have Steve with the banshee for the whalers. And we have Molly with the potted papaya plant, Poppy. Should give you extra points for alliteration. Alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, can how I, would you like to score? Well, I will, I, I'm wondering now, can I score everyone some points? Oh, yeah. and then oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah anyone for any reason. So oh, yeah. I think they're, they're all pretty good. So each one gets 50 points. Ooh, all right. Um, because we got to get the scores a little closer after that first round. And, and and then I think Carla Rose, because I liked when she said Iguana, uh, the, the, whatever, the Iguana play hockey. Uh, that was pretty funny. So an extra, an extra 25 points there um, for the, for that little uh, catchphrase. <laughs> All right. Okay. So in yeah. 1967, a new hockey team featured a live mascot from the Galapagos islands. It was of course, the Galapagos Penguin for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, they had plans to teach the Penguin how to ice skate. And of course, being a Penguin, it got pneumonia and died. <laughs> oh my this God. is tragic. Oh. It's like any it of is. This that's story. more morbid than eating the papaya that's also the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> and it smells like feet. <laughs> now, our next question. <laughs> our next question. For a game played indoors, it is rare for weather-related cancellations to happen in hockey, but it does happen. What was the most unexpected reason for a weather cancellation, Carla Rose? Well, like you said, it is it is rare, but Occasionally in Canada, they fall victim to a dust storm called a haboob. And <laughs> they creep from the dust bowl up across the border. And what they found is that the Zambonis, with their little swirly brooms, um, are actually quite effective in, in fighting haboobs. And um, so, so they did have to cancel because the haboob, the great haboob of 1972. Uh, was just too much for the Zamboni fleet, as brave um, as those men were in fighting it. So, so the great haboobs were yeah. too big for the Zambonis. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve, what do you have? Uh, yeah, it, this obviously happened in Canada because, uh, you know, what happens in Canada? <laughs> it's always crazy stories. In Toronto, um, sometimes the, the wind whips off the Great Lakes just right. Okay. And those, those maple leaves... Man, they, they go zinging. 
And one fateful night, uh, there was a, a a storm of of uh, <laughs> of dagger like maple leaves that uh, assaulted the arena where the where the uh, maple leaves play, and uh, all the players and fans were uh, covered in lacerations um, even before the fighting started. So weather related Canadian ninjas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nature. It's nature's ninjas. Molly, what do you I'll, have? I'll make this stuff up. I just report it. <laughs> Much like a weather reporter. Um, so this actually happened when one of the first raptures was predicted. And as we all know, with a rapture comes the frogs, right? They just come down from the heavens um, and to, to infiltrate uh, everything we can do. And actually, so the the report was that the rapture was coming. The frogs were going to be a plenty and people just didn't want to deal. So everybody's like, we're going to stay home, uh, park their cars. And uh, that's why it was canceled. All right. Plague of frogs, which is a delicacy in Quebec. Nate, what do you have? <laughs> so this happened. Uh, be, now, I'm always telling my kids, I'm like, you know, when you leave a room, shut the door, shut the light off. Make sure you're make sure you're cleaning up after yourself. Uh, now. Yeah. They're kids, you know, you, you try to teach them. Um, apparently, nobody did this with Stephen Strange because he opened a portal from the Sahara into um, into Quebec, and uh, he just left it open. Like, he was going for some poutine. Uh, he had a conference in Egypt uh, and, <laughs> you know, northern Sahara, uh, and uh, he wanted some poutine. Got a craven. He opened up a portal, went in, left it open for three weeks. Not only did the dirt come in and all that stuff, but the heat... And I mean, Canada isn't isn't good. That is not good for that type of heat. Uh, yeah, it's dry heat, and it's not that humid. But I mean, the the hockey rinks just melted. It was a mess. All right. Okay. So desert heat for poutine, <laughs> which which sounds like a weird porn for some reason. Or an eighties song. Yeah, dude. All right. Let's desert write that. heat for poutine from Duran Duran. All right. So. <laughs> With the Habib. I'm hungry for Putin. <laughs> what was the reason? What what weather event canceled a hockey game in an indoor stadium? We have Carla Rose with the great Haboob, which was too big for the Zambonis. We have Steve with weather-related Canadian ninjas, Molly with a plague of frogs, and Nate, desert heat for poutine. All right, Nick, how would you like to score? <laughs> now, you know, again, uh, everyone's just really brought their A game on that one. <laughs> Truly. A. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, all right, so then. I hear what you're talking about. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so at least 25 points per uh, every, everyone there for that. And, and then to Nate, uh, probably another, uh, another, another, uh, uh 25 to Nate for, cause I think Canadians would really appreciate a portal to a, a warmer climate, especially this. Country. <laughs> oh yeah. A- airlines hate it. Uh, yeah, they but, just lose know, out money on that. One simple trick. But, yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. It's, yeah. they deserve better. <laughs> It's true. All right. So what was the reason for the weather cancellation? Well, in 1995, a game between the San Jose Sharks and the Detroit Red Wings 
was canceled on account of rain. It rained so hard that the river beside the arena flooded and they had water on the ice. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. So imagine being so unlucky your hockey game got rained out. (laughs) (laughs) Flooded. All right. So in 2015, an outdoor stadium game between the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks almost had to be called. Now, though the temperature was perfect for ice hockey, why was the game almost canceled? An outdoor stadium game in 2015 between the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks almost had to be called. Even though the temperature was fine, what reason was it almost canceled, Steve? Uh, so this, You're the coach, this, you know uh, this. Yeah, obviously. This famously took place at Fenway Park. And, uh, <laughs> wait, sorry. That's, sure, <laughs> I've said it, so that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's why it was so I famous. I mean, yeah. come on, the Kings and the Sharks and Fenway, it was epic. Yeah, legendary. <laughs> and uh, um, so what could have happened that would... Oh, you know what? Uh, let me, let me... It was canceled because it's I... not an ice arena? <laughs> I turned into field uh, hockey. I have nowhere to go with this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, my train of thought. Um, so let's figure out where we're going with this. So this famously happened, Fenway Park, Boston, Massachusetts, home okay. of the Red Sox for some reason. Oh, oh, outdoors. Yeah, of course. You know, so people in the stands, ice arena, and it got canceled because so many Red Sox fans showed up to to, to picket it because they, they were like, you can't play hockey on this legendary baseball field. We refuse. And uh, so there was uh, there was such a mass outrage that anyone would dare slap a puck with sticks inside Fenway Park. They had to cancel the game. Famously. <laughs> All right. So famously had to cancel their game at Fenway Park only, because only of... Only hit balls with sticks, not pucks. Only hit balls with sticks, except for the one time that the Bruins did it, but it was a local team, so they allowed it. <laughs> exactly. That's true. I like that train of thought, Steve. Molly, <laughs> why did they almost have to cancel the game? Well, um, as any sports fan knows, the Kings and the Sharks have a very, very loyal following. And when the game came together, I have to demonstrate it. It goes a little bit like this. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Sharks. Kings, <laughs> sharks, and and um, switchblades came out. Uh, leather jacket collars were popped. I know. Nice. Calm down. And um, jeans rolled up, exposed white socks. It was absolute mayhem. Wow. That they had to call it off. All right. So a West Coast story. Right. Nate, what do you have? Nice, nice. Bob. Uh, so, uh, having to spin my story on a dime uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't going to go with the sharks or jets or anything. I wasn't going to do that. That's just too obvious. Um, <laughs> Steve was right, though. It, it did happen it did. in uh, in Boston. Um, now, what? happened was i don't know if you're aware but boston had this uh this uh, this flood 
of molasses. Um, oh, the dirty water. And, exactly. Uh, and um, you can still smell it to this day. Now, um, they went to play there. And the ice, they weren't kind of like when you go to play uh, football or baseball or anything in in the Rockies. You have to acclimate to the, the air pressure. Well, when you go to Boston to play sports, you have to acclimate to the molasses. And uh, their hockey skates weren't up to par. Um, so they kept getting stuck and nobody actually crossed the center line. Uh, so they ended up just having like a water balloon fight. Um, and the Sharks won. I think it's because they were good with water. All right. So the players could not be acclimated to the molasses, uh, which, by the way, that's real. Um, <laughs> the molasses flood happened right next door in the north end, right next to the garden. Carla Rose. Look, this is a really good example about how urban legends are starting. There's a little bit of truth to what everybody said. This was in Boston. There was a fierce rivalry between the kings and the sharks. And, uh, you know, the remnants of treacle did remain there. And what happened was the largest puck-making factory in the world, the duck puck. This is before they made the tape. So this is the duck puck factory. And what happened was both the sharks and the, uh, the kings, unbeknownst to each other, uber fans, went at night and dumped treacle into the production lines of the pucks. So there were no pucks to be found. They sabotaged the puck factory. So it was due to a puck shortage from the sticky treacle, the uh, the team rivalry in Boston that caused it um, to be canceled. I'll get the puck out of here. Treacle? Uh, Molly, did you have an amendment for yours? I just wanted to mention that um, it must have been molasses in the flannel shirt that Hans found oh my. in Norway. Guys, our, sure. our improv training is kicking in. We're just yes oh and. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. <laughs> yes and. It wasn't Boston, wasn't it? Alright, so... Just wanted to point that out. That was... Nice. Perfect. I mean, that makes perfect sense. The logic is flawless. In 2015, an outdoor stadium game between the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks almost had to be canceled. Was it because it was in Fenway Park and so many Red Sox fans showed up to ticket puck slapping. You know, it's a Puritan state. Puck slapping should be illegal in Massachusetts. <laughs> was it Molly, the Kings versus the Sharks in a West Coast story? Was it Nate's molasses in the North End led to uh, a lack of acclimation from the players? They ended up playing with water balloons which is basically what Steve said the picket was caused by. Or was it Carla Rose's The Duck Puck Factory? <laughs> they both put molasses in the pucks, which caused a puck shortage. Nick, how would you like to score? <laughs> Good luck, Nick. This is a tough one. Maybe I know a little too much about hockey, so it's unfair. <laughs> but Probably. The yeah. fact that the Kings and the Sharks are We're away. right on the money. Yeah, yeah, you're so close. <laughs> the fact that it was a West Coast game, I have to give uh, uh, points to, to Molly McGill um, in the range of, I don't know, 50. Uh, and then, but also, you know, because they tr they are trying so hard, and, and I do like those Boston <laughs> stories and, and such. 
Uh, I got to give another, you know, 25 uh, to the other three, Carla Rose, Nate, and Steve. The red team. Yeah, they're, they're working really hard. Yeah. Pity points. Thank you. All right. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie uh, uh, Youngblood. Miss McGill is a is a character in in Young Blood. It's a hockey mm. from the eighties yeah. with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. Check mm. it out. Wow. <laughs> you didn't tell us, Molly. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a very I don't good know movie. if it was. I was thinking of the song from Gem and the Holograms movie, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it later when we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other That's a game. movie that you thought of, Molly. Save that for later. <laughs> yeah, save it. In two thousand fifteen, <laughs> what? Game was almost can what what almost canceled the game? Well, it was an outdoor game. The Winter weather classic. was perfect for ice hockey. The problem was they had nothing to freeze. Due to a severe drought, they could not find the water to actually create the ice rink. They had to ship in twenty thousand tons of water. It's about five million gallons to make mm. the ice. Wow. Just enough for a small city to to drink for a six months. Yeah. yeah. Little straws. That's and there wasn't enough Gatorade, huh? They didn't. <laughs> Why didn't they just use molasses? I don't get I it. I mean, come on, because they held it out west and not in Boston. Oh uh, yeah, the they I mean, it. yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Rubber pucks are the norm for ice hockey. How are they treated to prevent them from bouncing across the ice, Molly? Uh, they they are they are treated with um, a delicate hand. Um, they are uh, um, uh, uh, coddled and um, raised um, very protected. Um, they are treated very lovingly. Um, they have little bonnets put on them right after they come out of the duck factory. Um, they are then tucked in every night into um, a little bassinet where they are then sung a lullaby. Usually the teams whose pocket will be played for, the team's anthem or chant, which uh, can either you know one way or the other. Um, and then they only pick out the most refined of pucks. Free range. Okay. All right. So with a delicate hand and a gentle touch, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> How are the rubber pucks treated? How are the rubber pucks treated? Uh, so that they don't bounce across the ice. They uh, are treated with the old uh, adage, uh, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. And they they take that with uh, sincerity, you know, because they don't want those suckers to bounce around. Um, that's what the people are for. Um, and, uh, oh, I've seen, I've watched hockey. I've seen people bouncing all over the place. That's the only reason I watch it. Um, so they, uh, that's inscribed kind of like Thor's hammer. I'm going really Marvel today. Mm, Thor's yeah. hammer is inscribed with, you know, thing. Like if you're Thor, you get the powers or whatever. Uh, it's the same thing, except I'm rubber. Your glue is inscribed on the hockey puck. And then, uh, Odin blows on it. And so you can't see it. Um, <laughs> unless you hold it up to the fire like the ring uh, from Mordor. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's how they're treated. That Very was classic. my favorite part of Thor is when he picked up and read the hammer. If you do this, you get magic. <laughs> All right. So uh, Carla Rose. Yeah. What? How do they treat the pucks so they don't bounce? 
Well, first of all, apropos of nothing, I would like to uh, give myself a shout out. Uh, you can see me in downtown Portland. My stage name is Rubber Pucks. And uh, I'm performing this weekend. Wow. You know what I can just say? Come see me. Um, I will. Anywho, in all seriousness, this is a um, charity that is very close to my heart. Pucks are treated very poorly, actually. Oh, no. They're treated lower than dirt. Um, they're treated worse than the way Will Smith treated Chris Rock. <laughs> That's topical. Um, very, very insulting and just very rude and just not called for. And they have to put up with that like all day, every day. And my charity is uh, called Free the Pucks. And it's, it calls for um, better treatments of the pucks, um, you know, to get the carcinogenic materials out of them because that's lowering their lifespans. And get like, um, there's a uh, bamboo forest and that regenerates. And I'm, I'm advocating for more um, bamboo uh, pucks. Problem is that they're really light and they just like fly out of the stadium. And so we have some insurance things to figure out. But I think, meanwhile, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. So look for that um, for um, Help the Pucks. And uh, look for me in Portland this weekend. And for only pennies a day, you too can help <laughs> out a puck in need. I have Sally Struthers signed on. Yeah. She's actually I wish really nice we coach. had the budget to license Sarah McLaughlin. All right, so Steve... <laughs> Have I not gone yet? Oh, okay. <laughs> no. there's, so, there's so much going on there. Okay. Come on, coach. Um, How do they treat the pucks? Like Sirity said, they're not treated well, but it's for a totally different reason. Uh, there's actually only one way to treat a, a rubber puck to make it slide across ice, and that is to submerge it in flame. And uh, there's only there's only one place you can do that, of course, and those are the, the fires of Mount Doom. Uh, luckily, there was a, a small man named Frodo who volunteered to bring every... At NHL used puck to the, the fires of Mount Doom, and uh, he had a, he had a small party, uh, about eight or nine people came along with him. There's this guy with a beard. He was like, uh, "You have my stick." And there's a guy, a tall, beautiful man, a man probably from Iceland. He was like, "You have my sk- skates." And then a really short, hairy man. He was like, "And you have my uh, mask." And they just form this par- party, and and once uh, once a day they <laughs> have to travel to the fires of Mount Doom to submerge each puck individually. Uh, it obviously, bring the uh, ring of of uh, rubber to Mount Doom in order to make them uh, game worthy. Isn't that the movie Old School? <laughs> oh, you got me, Nate. Eh? Oh, Molly, I knew Molly wasn't going to get that, but that's crazy that All you right. got that. All right, Jim. <laughs> so. According to Steve, you bring your rubber stick ring to the fires of Mount Doom. So we have, uh, how do they treat the hockey pucks so they don't bounce? We have Molly with a delicate hand and a gentle touch. (laughs) Nate with an adage, I'm rubbering your glue with a magic inscription. Carla Rose, free the pucks. And Steve, submerge it in flame. Nick, how would you like to score? Uh, since Steve actually described how to make cock rings, I think uh, <laughs> we're going to subtract 20 points from Oh, oh no. Oh, You've got to take that cock ring to Mordor, man. 35 <laughs> points apiece for the other three. Um, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> that's good. Oh, that's cool. good. Let's make this interesting. All right. And what about what about dildo baggins? I mean. Uh, <laughs> what what do I have to do to get those twenty five? To demonstrate. So you have. Uh, how is the rubber treated to prevent it from bouncing across the ice? Well, rubber doesn't bounce when it's frozen. So they just keep yeah. the pucks in the freezer. With the All papaya. right. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> Nick, you were telling us about the Comedy Think Tanked podcast. What inspired you to create it? Uh, we were we were sitting around uh, during the pandemic, Leonard and I, and uh, we had nothing much to do. And uh, we realized we would be on Zoom together and we would be making each other laugh. And I said, you know what? Who knows how long this thing's going to last? We should uh, get someone else on Zoom and record what we're doing and just talk about comedy, try to make each other laugh and, and that sort of thing. And, and then we, we came up with the name, which um, a lot of people think is comedy think taint. Yeah. Only Steve. It taint that. Yeah, no, we didn't workshop it beforehand, so we have to really deliberately say this thing. Pronounce the K. Make it a big D and really confuse it. What was that? That's a wild story. Like, can you imagine starting a podcast during a pandemic like that? That's that's I know. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. None of none of us here have done that. That's crazy. Or can you imagine doing three of them simultaneously? Like, what the hell? I can't imagine that. (laughs) Nick, what's the wildest guest you've had on your on your show? Yeah. Well, I mentioned it before. Jay Hunter. We actually had to do two episodes uh, of him. Uh, He came to after we kind of got out of quarantine. He came to Leonard's house. And uh, um, he talked for two straight hours. I didn't even get a word in. I wasn't even part of the show that day. He just, <laughs> just rapid fire, funny comedy stuff for like two straight hours. We split into two shows. It, it was crazy. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was That's real fun. So with the pandemic, you mean you started during the pandemic. Are you still going strong after the pandemic? I know a lot of uh, podcasts might have stopped or paused or... It's funny you say that. We we didn't intentionally pause, but we did uh, have um, somewhat of a hiatus through this winter time. Um, Leonard moved houses, and you know work was back in the office and things of that nature. So we didn't find as much time. But we're getting we're getting going now. We have a new episode coming out uh, later this month, and uh, another one ready to go as soon as uh, as soon as that one hits too. So um, we're, we're getting back at it. We have we had That's a lot awesome. of fun. There's still a lot of comedians to talk to. Yeah, uh, the that's world. the so, thing. The pandemic gave us all of these great podcasts, and then the pandemic had the balls to end, and we have what to go back hell? to life. And it's like we don't <laughs> want to stop doing this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. So I'm glad that you guys are keeping it going because it's yeah. it is a great great thing to do. You know, he and I have a really good rapport, and uh, so I think it's I think it's a perfect fit for us to just keep doing it. And it's easy; they just record, you send it out. What yeah. the hell? Who cares? We have a <laughs> yeah, logo. Exactly. We'll use it. <laughs> I love the logo. It's a good logo, which you can see in the link in the description. You can also catch all of their old podcasts, the ones that have uh, come out since they started. And they're new ones that will come out. So make sure you subscribe. Again, links are in the description. You guys want to know what washed up in Norway? Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. So according to NPR, what artifact 
from New Hampshire washed up on a Norway beach. Well, Rye Junior High School in New Hampshire in October of 2020 launched five-foot mini drifter sailboats into the Gulf Stream right off the coast of New Hampshire. So the onboard GPS for each of these units tracked the boat on its 462-day journey on more than 8,300 miles to Europe, where it washed up on a Norway beach. It was found by a sixth grader, and they contacted the Rye New Hampshire Junior High. The link to the story is in the description, as well as the GPS tracking of that Gulf Stream. It's pretty wild. So That's before cool. we move on, our points are... In last place, we have myself with 75 universal points. Thank you, Nick. We have a three-way tie Ooh. between oh, Nate, Molly, and Carla Rose, each with 160 points. And in the lead, we have Steve with 180 points. Hmm. I just want to I say, am. Bob, that there's a great book that came out of uh, that boat going across the ocean. It's uh, called The Life of Pine. That's pretty good. Oh, that's the joke. That's, I don't get it. That's good. Wait, that's a oh, movie that's, that's reference. Good. Well, it's also a movie <laughs> Molly, you almost made a movie that. reference. All right. I know. Or you could do... Hold on. The other the other one is Life of Rye. <laughs> there you go. You know, either way, <laughs> give it to her. It's a movie reference. She doesn't ever do this. Congratulations, Molly. All right. Join us when we return for Carla Rose's Pop Quiz and technically correct right here on Balderdash Academy. Good afternoon, Dashers. This is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there. Hey, this is Bob. When I'm not being the headmaster at Balderdash Academy, I run Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment. At Sleuth's Mystery, we offer something different from your typical mystery experience. Our mysteries are crafted around the game and the experience as a whole. We blend characters, comedy, atmosphere, and a puzzle of a mystery for you to solve. Every show is unique, and every ending is different. At Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment, you can see the show, play the game, and solve the mystery. If you're in New England, contact us at sleuthsmystery.com for a killer time. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. It's been a hell of a game. Our points are... I'm in last place with 75 points. We have a three-way tie between Nate, Molly, and Carla Rose with 160 points. And in the lead, we have Coach Steve with 180. I like the sound of that. Yeah, it's not bad. It's still anyone's game. So before we move on to Carla Rose's game, we're back with another... 30 seconds or less from our Balderdash randomizer. 
Now the spin will generate a question that Nick will answer in 30 seconds or less. This question is... Question number six. Nick, what was your scariest time on stage? Mm, good one. Scariest time on stage. Oh, man. Uh, I want to say it was the first time I did uh, stand-up comedy. But actually, nothing nothing in, too intense has ever happened. It's It's been like I was at uh, a theater in Pittsfield, Pittston, Maine. I don't even know where mm -hmm. it is. Somewhere up north. Yep. And it's a nice little theater. And I had to... Uh, host a show, and uh, and one of our comedians was um, the Turd Lady. Have you guys seen her? She's got like a table full of oh yes, yeah. like turd earrings. Yeah, anything. Yes. She's like puns yeah. about them and stuff. Yeah, and that, oh my goodness! I love her to death, but um, but I was hosting the show and like having to bring in her in the table full of shit. And, and so it was, was a little intense and, and actually kind of scary. I didn't know what was really going to happen, what I might step in. <laughs> so. Uh, so funny, this question was actually inspired by our own coach, Steve, who during a show that we were having sent us a text. He was doing a live show and he sent us a text from a thunderstorm with water pooling around his electrical equipment. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. From yeah, that point yeah. on, I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. I got to write this down. Yeah, <laughs> I think the shit took it. Yeah. All <laughs> that right. Was, that was a fun one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> you were zapped, bro. Yeah. That was basically like the hockey game that got flooded. That was my show. That was exactly Steve it. Steve yeah. was yeah. never the same. Yeah. 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 Indoor theater got called on a kind of rain. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Now, with our monthly pop quiz, we have our professor of music theory, Carla Rose Dubois. Yeah, she does have a theme song. I didn't even have a chance to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what character and what company was it? Uh, I think I think Nate is uh, got his hand up. We'll start with you, Nate. Okay. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Michael Jackson, you know, Neverland Ranch, uh, always, you know king of pop wanting to be like the, the he was he was the focal point of of the youth of society um what would kind of epitomize like the best youth out there other than spider-man um you know the kid that can uh, you know has a heart of gold wants to do the right thing um and he really just wanted to play spider-man 
So um, at the time, Marvel was selling off all the rights here, there, everywhere. Um, so we tried to buy Marvel. Um, and uh, in the end, it didn't work out. Um, you know, uh, they had an issue with the hockey puck being whispered into and you know, having that uh, Thor's hammer magic putting into hockey pucks. That didn't work out. So they're like, yeah, we're not going to sell it to a king of pop here. You know, <laughs> last thing we want is to have to whisper some magical Spider-Man secrets into a soda pop bottle. All right, that's your wow. <laughs> Great point. <Wow>. <laughs> that went a lot of places. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. I like the callback, Nathan. All right. Thank you, Miss Dubois. So I'll take that down. Spider Man is your answer, and Marvel, <laughs> and uh, Miss McGill. Oh, your crap. answer, please. Um, God, I don't know if I should say this answer, but it's the one Go that ahead, came to mind. Go ahead, because if you don't, I'm going to end up doing it, and I'm going to be the one getting in trouble. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, no. What are you guys both thinking about? Michael Jackson. Uh, he wanted, he really wanted Tim Allen's role in the Santa Claus. Uh, he really wanted that. to play that role oh, for God, various reasons that we do not need to get into. Uh, and so he almost bought a pair of mount pictures because of it. I hate myself for that answer. <laughs> All right, Miss McGill. Uh, Tim Allen's part as in Santa Claus at Paramount Studios. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just another movie reference, too, guys, just if you're keeping track. That's three. Yeah, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> There's some extra credit there, young lady. Okay, and Steve... Steve uh, it's actually it's my last name is Steve first name coach um, so <laughs> um, the company was Warner Brothers and he wanted to buy it and call it Jackson Five Brothers and uh, the film that they were working on at the time was this little uh, Looney Tunes picture um, and he wanted to come in and play the main role and he, he happened to see a script and said guys look my, my name's literally in this like why did you not hire me for this it says MJ all over this thing and they're like, they had to sit him down and be like, that's that's actually Michael Jordan. Uh, we're shooting this film called Space Jam. Uh, it's about basketball. And he's like, well, great. I'll play this uh, Michael Jordan character. They're like, uh, it's actually, he's, he's a real guy. And we're hoping to get him in the role of of uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, he, he wanted to play the role of Michael Jordan in Space Jam because uh, he wasn't aware Michael Jordan was a real person. All right. And he wanted to jam. He just wanted to jam out. He's a musician. <laughs> Space Jam. It could be a music movie. Why not? Yeah. It wasn't I got you. Um, so we have... Come on uh, and slam. And welcome to the jam. It's good. Yeah, it's musical. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Mondo. I so, think that's a real song. It is, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> it's jam? Song <laughs> Sorry, I have to get back in my character. Okay, so Steve <laughs> coveted Michael Jordan's part in Space Jam... With Warner Brothers, wanted to buy it and turn it into the Jackson Five Brothers. Mm-hmm. All right, and Mr. Lee Blank. Well, that's easy. The obvious answer is the company was Kenner, and the character was Mr. Potato Head. Uh, the similarities were boundless. They were both made of plastic. They both enjoyed inserting appendages. And the fun thing about both of the toys and Michael Jackson is that he had a strong appeal to children. Um, overall, the uh, sale did not go through, 
but he was uh, definitely trying for the rest of his career. <laughs> All right. He went uh, there. <laughs> same with that Santa Claus oh, role. We have the company I, I like those guys. Kenner, and the part he coveted was Mr. Potato Head. And to recap, Steven- You don't need to recap that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it as it is. All right. So, the actual answer... That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, we don't need to recap any of them. Oh, you can recap all of them. Just don't recap all of them. I am going to recap one of them because, and I'm very disappointed in myself because this wasn't a complete stumper. Nate, you got the right answer. Michael Jackson loved yeah. Spider-Man and desperately Ooh. wanted to play him so much that he tried <laughs> to buy. Marvel Comics, to make it happen, um, as a side note, he also wanted to cast uh, MJ as two separate uh, love interests, as Diana Ross and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. He uh, wanted Macaulay Culkin as a, uh, his new sidekick, and uh, ultimately Marvel, Marvel de- declined, and they thought that um, he was too much of a recluse for a spider. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, Nate gets 10 points then. All right. I'm, for the writing. Wow. But what did you feel in your answer? heart before you knew the answer? I was going to I was going to go with uh, with with Steve because uh Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson actually did like a, they were in a video together, wasn't there? Yeah. 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 So yeah. score score for your favorite cuz remember yeah. you're not looking for the correct answer. Oh, okay. You're looking well, for the course. best answer. I, I like I like Steve's because I think he was unaware of that. It almost seems so. I'm not five. Was <laughs> All right. How would you? Yeah. How much would like to score, Steve? I give Steve five. Five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Whopper. Generous. I'll give, I'll give Nate ten. Nate what 10. are you still giving him out? <laughs> yes, please. Everyone else, uh, Molly and Carla Rose, another 20 each. Yes. Whoa. Yes. I didn't even answer the question. And, and then Bob, Bob, Bob needs 100 points, I think, on that. That Whoa. seems fair. I think so. All right. 100 for Bob. Ask and you will get. We need a collab between Think Fish Tank and Comedy Think Tank. A lot of tanks. Comedy Think Fish Tank. Yeah. Taint. Comedy Think It's fish a portmanteau. Tank. It is. All right. So... We are now here with our fan favorite game, Technically Correct. I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. The faculty members will come up with an answer as fast as possible and present it one by one. Our visiting professor will award points for the answer that he likes best. Our first movie, a group of troubled peers takes on a superstar. A group of troubled peers take on a superstar. Nate, what do you have? Speed two. <laughs> Speed two. Carla Rose. Um. Oh gosh. Well, I'll say Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. All right, Steve. I think this is uh, this is Star Wars: A New Hope. Ooh. All right, A New Hope and Molly. Smurfs. Smurfs. <laughs> I learned something new from this question. So nice. a group of troubled peers takes on a superstar. We have Nate with speed two, 
Carla Rose with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Steve with A New Hope, and Molly with Smurfs. I learned to spell out everything because Bill and Ted's BJ is not the film I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good movie, though. Sure, it's Two made. Thumbs up. <laughs> Nick, how would you like to score? <laughs> I, 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 I like Molly's answer the best because it's uh, they definitely were troubled. They were short and blue mm. and and uh, all right. How much you want to give her? I uh, you know I, I got another ten points. <laughs> okay. Another ten. You know. All right. So a group of troubled peers takes on a superstar, describes the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's good. Yep, that's good, Bob. Movie number two: A son blooms as he investigates his father. Excuse me. A son blooms, blooms. as he investigates his father. his father. And Carla Rose, how would you like to uh, answer? Is it um, the road to perdition? <laughs> road to perdition. One of my favorite comic book movies. Steve, what's your answer? That is Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> All right. Empire Strikes Back. Molly, what do you have? American Pie. American Pie and Yeah. Nate. Think about it. Detective Pikachu. Yep. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> All right, so a son blooms as he investigates his father. We have Carla Rose with Road to Perdition, Steve with The Empire Strikes Back, Molly with American huh? Pie, and huh? Nate with D Detective Pikachu. Nick, how would you like to score? I yeah, I, I Road to Perdition. That was with Tom Hanks, right? Yep. Yeah, that was a good movie. I like that. Ten points for Carla Rose. Ten uh, points for Carla Rose. Right, but, but Steve, I like Steve's answer and going with two Star Wars in a row in the right order. Uh, that's yep. worth another five points. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. Five. Another five. So, a son blooms as he investigates his father, describes Big Fish. Oh, good oh, movie. Tim Burton. Yeah. Yep. Movie number three, a Joker reports about his origin story and learns to no longer be afraid. Um, a Joker reports about his origin story and learns to no longer be afraid. Steve, what's your answer? It, that's uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it lines up so perfectly. Return of the Jedi, Molly. Oh, come on, Bob. A reporter <laughs> origin story. Um, uh, um, ghost. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what do you have? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So I'm not going to go with Star Wars colon Shawshank Redemption. Instead, I'm going to go with uh, What Dreams May Come. Oh. Uh, what Dreams May Come, which he, uh, he wrote as a nonfiction book. By the way, Richard Matheson, Carla Rose, what do you have? A Joker reports about his origin story and <laughs> okay. learns to no longer be afraid. What's the movie? <laughs> oh, I know this one. It's uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm. <laughs> He's a, he a bit of a Joker, yeah. Yes. All right, so we have Steve with Return of the Jedi, Molly with Ghost, Nate with What Dreams May Come, and Carla Rose 
with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Nick, how would you like to score? Uh, what dreams may come, Robin Williams, right? I mean, a what one. a great, uh, uh, very interesting movie. So 10 points for Nate on that. And sorry, Steve, but you can't go to the well three times. It's just... Oh, <laughs> comedy! Comedy! They're all threes! Uh, no, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I deserve it. I, deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't follow the rules of comedy at an improv show. It's yeah, not improv, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, What Dreams May Come, Richard Matheson actually originally wrote as a non-fiction book, and he got upset when they went to move it to fiction. Uh, so a joker reports about his origin story and learns to no longer be afraid, describes full metal jacket. Ah. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. Oldie. That one. All right. <laughs> Our last one. Okay. A summer visitor makes people go to pieces. <laughs> Molly, what, what does a <laughs> summer visitor makes people go to pieces describe? Why are you keep coming? Why? What are you doing? That's what the viewers like. Gosh, <laughs> <son of a. laughs> Molly wilts under the lights. Well, I don't even now, know what it, you asked. What is it? If summer? the viewers want to rewind, you'll notice this is God. the first time in this game Molly's gone first. What? Um, <laughs> no, I feel like it's every time. Something about summer and, and a pizzas? summer visitor makes people go to pieces. Um, uh, sleepaway camp, the horror movie. Sleepaway, Nate. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, we got Texas a team. Chainsaw. Carla Rose. I know this one. Is it ET? <laughs> ET. E. Steve. Uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Five hundred days what, of summer. American summer. I or love that. that movie. What hot American summer? All right. I so gave two we have, answers. <laughs> we have. So you got to go with first. Sleepaway camp. We have Nate with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Carla Rose with ET. Steve with Five Hundred Days of Summer. Nick, which one do you like? Oh man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How would you like to score? I would like to. I got to give Molly five points because she's so distraught about having to go first <laughs> yeah. again. And, and, and I don't really know the rest of the movies, so I, I mean, I haven't seen them, so I can't say for sure what I like best. So I guess ten points for the rest. Uh, Nate, Steve, and Carla Rose. That was a tough one for me. All yeah. right. I don't uh, like some. Nick. Yeah. I apologize in advance. A summer visitor makes people go to pieces, describes Jaws. Uh, 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 we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. Can I appeal for uh, uh, another exception? Because the viewers of E.T. went to Reese's Pieces. That is it correct. Is yeah. yeah, I do. I get that. I want to I give Carla Rose 500 faculty points. All right, five hundred yes. faculty points. Which how much? How much does that translate into real points, Steve? Uh, point Negative three, two. I believe. <laughs> point three. Yeah. So she wins by point three. I, I just love gave her the win. All right. So, Nick, that's our game for tonight. I want to thank you for being a visiting professor on Balderdash Academy. What is new and exciting that's coming up for you? Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, this weekend uh, at uh, Craft Brew Underground in Auburn, we actually have two shows, one on Friday night uh, with six great comedians performing, and then another on Saturday night at 7 o'clock where I'm actually performing, Leonard's performing, in the aforementioned Casey Crawford's performing with guest host Don Hartill. 
Uh, that's going to be a great show. If this airs afterwards, that was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great show. But we're here. We're at Craft Brew Underground, uh, 34 Court Street, Auburn, Maine, every Friday, every Saturday night doing comedy. We got the uh, open mic in Auburn. Plus, check out our website. We have a bunch of different shows all over the state, uh, therivercomics.com. Um, we're always trying to find new spots. If anyone out there has a, you know, a, a, a backyard they, or a party or a venue or a theater or, or whatever you got, we'll, we'll perform comedy there. Um, almost free of charge. Bedroom here. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Come <laughs> hang out in my bedroom. We, Nick. We'd love to so come see your mom. <laughs> all their links are in the description. If you can't find the links for some reason or don't know how to get to the description, Hit our website, send me an email. I will personally forward the information on to Nick. So you can find Nick, Comedy Think Tank, The River Comics, and everything online. Again, links are in the description. Before we reveal our winner, it is time for today's moral. So after listening to all of the questions and uh, which were brilliantly written and uh, frankly brilliantly delivered after listening to all of the answers which were also brilliantly delivered even if they weren't quite well thought through one thing is evidently clear if you find a bundle of material on the beach it doesn't matter if it's flannel or not whatever you do especially if it's sticky don't touch it don't pick it up don't smell it it could be somebody's dirty water mm. just taste it yeah we know from experience all right so are we ready for tonight's winner oh man okay hit me with it Lay all right it. it's in the last by place points it's myself with 175 points next we have nate with 190, Molly with Aww. 195, and then we Aww. have two in the lead. Is it Steve or is it Carla Rose? <laughs> I, just, I just gave her the well, lead. Well, Steve has 200 points. Carla Rose won with 200.3 points. Stop it. Is that Wait, what? How, he, is how much does Steve, Steve have? Steve is so upset he froze. <laughs> Steve... <laughs> Um, I love this so Steve much. awarded Carla Rose point three oh points. God. The winning oh. point three points. When they were at a dead tie. How's them out? Oh. I am forever in your gratitude, Steve. I will never forget oh your act God. of generosity. <laughs> He's the best day of my life. He's so upset oh, he is still frozen, folks. It affected Steve so uh, much. He froze. He so froze. <laughs> Congratulations, Carla Rose, on your second win. Congrats, I Carla Rose. I hope I didn't affect He him. just left. <laughs> hey, Steve, oh. you okay? <laughs> you were so upset you left. <laughs> that honestly makes hey, me so happy. <laughs> There's no better punchline to this comedy show than that happening. <laughs> Like, literally, I could have just fucking won. <laughs> or tied it, at the very least. Oh, that's so good. I love this. We would have gone into overtime to get a winner. <laughs> <but> <laughs> 
Carla Rose won <laughs> by point three points. Oh my god, that's the so funny. irony. You can't. Write All right, this now shit. that we have you back, I'm going to close out the show. <laughs> <laughs> what have we? All right, I thank like you for visiting movie. us at Balderdash Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty professor of English language arts, Molly McGill. I still still think Life of Pine was a really good joke, guys. And you're right, it's a good joke. Our professor <laughs> of steam, Nate Green. Remember, we didn't talk about bisons at all today. <laughs> Coach of the Baller Dash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. That was a moral victory. <laughs> <laughs> and our reigning champion stealing the title from our professor of the performing arts, Randy Hunt. Carla Rose Dubois. Yeah, I want to give you a big hug, Steve. <laughs> Stay safe. So we'll see you next it. time. And with the final word in our episode, a man who is self-professed to love the final word, Nick Gordon, what would you like for our final word? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, it's um, it's been a, a, a it's a, a pleasure, uh, just a, a pleasure. <laughs> remember to like and subscribe to the video. Also, remember we have options available if you'd like to sh support the show directly. You can show your school pride with merch from our store we're also booking live shows including our new live radio comedy on the air you can find all the information online at balderdashacademy.com links to everything are in the description thank you for watching have a good night well i've been booted from the show but my audio is still recording congratulations carla rose you earned that go dashers Balderdash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Think Fish Tank. Performed and written by Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2022, Balderdash Academy. All rights reserved. Go Dashers!